All right, we are at the very last passage of Scripture in the book of Matthew. Uh, we have spent almost a year. We started in Advent uh, last year, 2016, and now today we're going to finish. Next Sunday, we're going to do a big review and focus on the whole thing. But today, we're at such an important passage of Scripture. This, this one-year journey with the Gospel of Matthew has led us now to the final passage, Matthew 28, 11 through 20. You know, as, as a Christian, if we understand the rest of the Gospel of Matthew, but we fail to be moved, motivated, and guided by these final words, then we miss the whole purpose of the book. This passage, we call it the Great Commission, verses 18 through 20, is the climax and the, the major focal point, not only of the gospel, but you might say the focal point of the entire New Testament, and I don't think it would be an exaggeration to say it's the focal point of the entire Bible, uh, the Great Commission. The central message is uh, related to the God-given mission that we have as the people of God a commission that we must be willing to embrace. Jesus Christ came into the world to reveal God's glory and presence. That's with his desire. So to those of us who belong to Christ have that same purpose. We come together to praise and honor and glorify God in every dimension of our life. That's why we called this series on Matthew the Jesus-centered life. God has commissioned us to live out a Christ-like life. And our mission through this church, you know, we, we come to church here, but we don't come to church just to be here on Sunday and then just do our thing here and then go our way and forget all about it during the week. Every dimension of who we are is designed by God to be focused on Christ, uh, recognizing that he wants us to live out this Christ-like life, to come together here to uh, learn to love and learn and live in such a way that draws other people to Jesus Christ. You know, he didn't save you just so you could sit in that little place in the pew right there. He saved you so that we would gather in a place like this, so that we would be inspired, that we'd be encouraged, that we would learn how to love and how to support each other, how to believe in him, how to live out a Christ-like life, and then we get out of here. And we go out into the world and we affect our families and we impact those people that we work with. And we're, we're not expected to change the whole world, but together as believers, we're going to change the whole world as we affect our part of the world, where we are, the people that you have. So this great commission is his challenge to us. We are called to go and make disciples, to seek and to save the lost just as Christ came to do. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, I will also send you. Therefore, we, we must accept Christ's commission, his commissioning to seek to win the whole world uh, to Jesus. So that, that's our focus here today. So a couple of different ways this happens. The resurrection story, he ends that in verse 10, and then we have two sections, 11 to 15 and then 16 to 20. Uh, 11 to 15 is a very interesting kind of negative uh, presentation by him. He, Matthew comes along and he says, here's the resurrection of Jesus. But he wants you to know that before he offers this incredible commission to send you out, he wants you to recognize that not everybody believes that the resurrection happened the way that it did. We have these people that came up with this story uh, trying to deny 
the resurrection of Jesus. You know, they came up with all kinds of stories. They, they got all these theories, uh, people that don't want to believe in him. You know, recognizing that, uh, um, that many people have still not decided to follow and listen to the resurrection of Jesus Christ and its power. Matthew comes along and very simply and forcefully shows that any explanation but the actual bodily resurrection of Jesus contradicts the facts and offends even, even reason. Uh, they had all these reasons, all these different theories. The, the swoon theory, that's one of them. The swoon theory is that he really didn't die and that uh, despite all the blood loss and all that he had, that they took him down and he was still alive, uh, which is uh, pretty ridiculous to the story. Uh, some people believe that maybe he didn't, wasn't resurrected, that he was, uh, there was no burial. The, uh, one, of, one of my favorites is what they call the hallucination theory. What that means is that people uh, thought they saw Jesus, but they were just hallucinating. You know, it's kind of funny when the, I mean, the Bible tells us that there was all these people that saw him, the disciples, all of those that were, that one time there was 500 people in one place that saw him uh, walking around resurrected from the dead. Now, I don't know how it is when you have a hallucination, but it'd be pretty bad if 500 of you had the same hallucination at the same time. It's all this effort. Uh, to try to deny the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, the, all these theories are, cannot overcome that uh, the body of Jesus was never, was never uh, brought, the dead body of Jesus never presented. It's impossible to explain how the apostles could be transformed from cowards into heroes and how such a dynamic group could lead the church into existence and produce thousands of followers who are willing to die for their beliefs and to manage to turn the whole world upside down if their faith was built on an illusion and a falsehood. They gave their lives believing that Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead. And they did it because they saw him. They knew it. They'd experienced it. Unbelieving critics also fail to explain what, what happened to his body it's all falsified, and so Matthew goes to this effort that the truth of the resurrection is so absolute that even their lies stand in truth against it or for it. Whether the testimony is from Jesus' friends or his enemies, the same conclusion is inevitable, and the truth is that no other historical event is so thoroughly true and sound with evidence as the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so he's, he basically is saying, I want to make sure that the gospel proclaimers are those who have wholeheartedly believed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, I think God is still up to that. He wants you to be fully sold out to him, uh, recognizing that we're, we're not just going out and saying, well, I don't, I'm not for sure. I don't know. Nope. He wants us to get it clearly settled in our heart by faith and then take this incredible message of Christ and his gospel, his salvation to the world around us. So the first thing Matthew does is gives us this, uh, this expression, this story of those who uh, came against uh, the, the resurrection of Jesus. Finally, we have Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Jesus' great commission. Here's how it reads. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And then Jesus came to them and said, 
All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The Great Commission was not simply uh, something that we listen to what Jesus said and then analyze it, even though there's a lot to think through here. These verses and the working of God's Spirit in us and in His church awaken our hearts, both individually and collectively as a church. We are renewed. We are sent out. We are moved in our hearts to be able to go and make disciples of the people around us in our communities and in our nations. You know, the the mission statement of the denomination of the Church of the Nazarene is to make Christ-like disciples in the nations. Uh, that's, that's what we claim our calling is to be, not just to have great worship services or to build up the Church of the Nazarene name. All of that you know, is, a, is an important part of building up the church, but recognizing that our number one goal is to make Christ-like disciples across the nation. Um, that makes it such an extremely significant final words of the gospel. So we see that Jesus meets with these disciples. The 11, Judas has taken his life. Jesus directed them in verse 10 to meet at this mountain together. Uh, some worshiped, some doubted. But it was this setting that the resurrected Jesus offers this great commission to us. See, Matthew's point throughout the book has been to show us Jesus as the king. But that wasn't his only final desire. You know, if he had just wanted to say Jesus is the king, he would have ended with, uh, he is not here, he is risen. And he would have been res uh, expressing the resurrection. Instead, Matthew ends by telling us how Jesus sent out his disciples to proclaim Jesus as the king, to go into the ends of the earth. And that story continues even today. I mean, the beauty of this great commission is it wasn't just for the disciples. It was for us. It was for us as he calls us out, uh, commissions us and sends us out to proclaim his life, death, and resurrection all across this planet. Uh, so this resurrection gives us some idea. We, uh, we, we call this the Great Commission. So what's a commission? Now some of those guys that stood up just a few minutes ago, veterans, many of them probably took an oath. Uh, the, the time I see it uh, most often lately, is uh, attending a graduation at Olivet. Uh, we have some people here that are trustees and part of that, so we, they put us up on the platform. And so we we're sitting up pretty close, and you can see the graduates as they come by. And then after the graduates are, are presented, um, most of the time, this last time, there were like five uh, ROTC graduates that are dressed fantastic, and here they come, and you can hear them in those shoes marching, and they're marching along, and then they get on that wood, that wood floor, and you can hear them, and there's a, there's a military officer that's leading them and brings them right up uh, to the front, and uh, he says a few things about them, and then they are getting ready to be commissioned as an officer in, in the Army. And so they stand there, and they look fantastic, and they raise their right hand, and then they make this this incredible statement about their commitment to the protection and the service in our country. It's moving uh, to watch them. It's a, it's a commissioning. 
they're deciding what they're going to do. That's, a, that's one way of looking at it. Uh, another way of, of a commission is um, a lot of times when they're going to do a portrait of a, of a leader or some celebrity, they say, we're going to commission this off artist, and they're going to have the, the responsibility of presenting this. So it's uh, given the authority uh, to carry out something that you are able to do. So, um, you know, so commission is the word, great commission. You know, you might pronounce it even a little differently. I thought you might could pronounce it co-mission, co-mission, because it's not only just his calling out to us, it's our partnership with Christ. He has brought us with him to go out and to win the world around us. You know, he doesn't have a plan B. We're it. If the world is going to be saved, it's going to be saved because of believers that are carrying the message around the world and across the street. Wherever you go, that commission goes with you. We're in this co-mission with Christ. Don't you like that? Uh, It's a good way of thinking about that. So we are thinking about being commissioned by him. And I want to ask you, will you accept your commission from Christ? Maybe you feel like you've already accepted that. If not, we're going to do that today. Uh, That's what we're doing through communion and looking at these verses together. So three different ways we can look at it. One is that we choose that we will believe in the authority of Christ. We will believe in the authority of Christ. Verse 18 says, all authority, this is Jesus speaking, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. You know, Jesus' authority is the basis of everything he has to say here, his authority. His authority over heaven and earth means that Jesus is not just my personal Lord and Savior. You know, we talk about it that way, don't we? I mean, I, I made a personal decision to welcome Christ, and he's my Savior. He's my Lord. But he's not just our Savior and Lord. He's the Lord of the whole world. He's the Lord of everything, every, every people, every group. Uh, you, know, he, you know, just because I decide whether Jesus is Lord doesn't make him Lord. You know, he's Lord whether or not I decide that he's Lord or not. He's not just trusting in me. You know, he is Lord regardless of what I think about him. Jesus dies on the cross. Uh, he rose from the grave, and now he's exalted to the right hand of the Father over creation. And all those things are true regardless of whether you and I think they are or not. You, you hear this same idea in Philippians 2. Scripture says, For this reason God highly exalted him, that's Christ, and gave him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, we, everybody's going to recognize that he's, he's Lord. Everybody's going to acknowledge him. So the whole world, all those who have ever lived, are going to bow before Jesus Christ as the Lord of all. You get to decide if he's going to be Savior and Lord now or judge later. That's your choice. You're going to bow. You're going to bow before him. He is the Lord of all. He has authority over everything in heaven and earth. Christ died to save people from every nation and tongue. 
You know, I, I think about all this when I think about us as Christians. We are called to love the people that God has created because he decided to save them all. You know, I, that's not what the sermon's about, this little sidelight. So, you know, let's just get sick and tired of all the, the racial upheaval that we see and all the political back and forth, like uh, exalting this position or that position, all these different opinions. I'm telling you that as believers, you cannot be prejudiced against other people and live out your faith with genuine truth. You can't do it because all those people... That, that people are talking about or you're putting down or, or whatever you have something against this one or that one, Jesus Christ gave his life for every one of them. You can't say a thing. You know, I, man, you, you know, get one of them Facebook rants, you ever see it? And it's some Christian that you know or somebody maybe even from the church and there they are and they're just going off about this trivial thing or this thing that doesn't really matter anything and, there's all a, and they're putting these people down. You know, you can't do that. A little quiet in here. I got no, no amens to that. No, we have a responsibility because he is, he is reaching the whole world, everybody. So we're not living in judgment. We're not living in uh, calling out people and putting people down and, you know, because we recognize that all of those people, anybody that you think you have problems with, I'm not saying you might not have problems with them, but I want you to know you can't be putting them down or be hatred toward other people because Jesus Christ gave his life for every one of those people. So it's part of our commission. One of them, they're probably going to end up next door to you in heaven anyway, so you might as well get, get used to it. It's true, isn't it? You know, we have a responsibility in how we carry on in the world because We've been commissioned by God. We've been called to do something beyond just going out there and doing everything else the world is doing. We're, we're a different breed. We're a different group of people because of who we are in Christ. And not because of what we can bring to the table, but recognizing who he is. All authority rests in him. He has authority over nature. He has authority over nations. He has authority over disease, demons, sin, death, and everyone's life. Jesus' authority then compels us, compels us to go, compels us uh, with authority and confidence that we can go forward and present the truth and live out the truth of Christ. See, that's why this whole idea of, of Christ being the center of your life. See, if your relationship with God is like a spoke, if you, if you picture this bicycle wheel, this is where I started this whole series. You know, if you're the center and he's just one little spoke out here that you come to church once in a while and you think about him occasionally, then you're not going to be able to live out the kind of faith that this commissioning is calling you to live because you're the center and everything else just kind of revolves around you. But when you die to yourself and you give your life to Christ, he's the center and everything flows out from him. Uh, all your relationships, all your, your family, your marriage, your work, your, your career, all the things, your money, your mouth, everything about you is flowing out of Jesus Christ. That's what he said. That's, that's the people that he's calling us uh, to be. So we believe uh, in the authority of Jesus Christ, and then we choose to be obedient to that. Jesus authority uh, compels us. It's our mission. It's our confidence. You know, we're not going to go change the world because we decided we had a good idea. We're going to change the world because the gospel changes people. 
The gospel changes towns. The gospel changes the world uh, that we live in. That's our hope still, right? Our hope is not in these political leaders or hoping this person gets straightened out or that. You know, we don't have hope in that. What our hope is is that Jesus Christ is going to make all the difference. He, his gospel is going to bring about uh, that change in us. Every time I have opportunity to talk and to share with other people, I, do, I try to do it with such confidence because I believe that Christ can make a difference. He can change that person's life. It doesn't matter what has happened to them, recognizing that his power has the power to change them. We believe in the authority of Jesus Christ. It motivates us, and we are commissioned to it. Number two, we will... Obey the command of Christ. We will obey the command of Christ. Now, after telling us that his authority over heaven and earth, the next words out of Jesus' mouth are, Therefore, go. Therefore, go. It's as if he's saying, in light of this authority, uh, go, make a difference. You know, this is not like a little comfortable call inviting all Christians to come and be baptized and every week to sit in one location together and just enjoy being together. I love coming to church. I love church. But that's not what he called us to be and do. You know, he, he invites us to, you know, to not be tempted to let the Great Commission simply be what we do sitting together in this building. You know, we believe that God has called us to make disciples. Uh, to, to impact the other people around us. I mean, the, the reason this church exists is to make disciples. Now, when we say that, kind of our whole structure here is all wrapped around that. I mean, we have, um, we have man church tomorrow night. I'm excited about that. You know why we have man church? Because we need to disciple men. You know, we're not just having fun or having a men's activity. You know, we do a lot of things that's enjoyable as a part of all that. But the only reason for Man Church is to disciple men in Tazewell County. Uh, why do we do things that we do for women? We're trying, we want to disciple. We have Sunday school classes. What are they all about? You know, the, I'll just tell you the truth. You know, when, um, when, when you first come here, uh, I love you. I hug you. I shook, shook your hand. This is Keith. Uh, Keith's my friend. Um, you know, when Keith came here, uh, I hugged you. We talked. We had met a couple times, and then you decided to come here all the time. You know, whenever, whenever I meet somebody like Keith, uh, I knew him. A lot of times I don't know uh, folks that come here new, but I always uh, hug them and tell them I'm glad they're here, but I always got an agenda. <laughs> yep. My, my hope is that whoever comes here gets saved that we could have a relationship together where not only would they give their life to Christ, but we hope that they'll get baptized, right? If you haven't been baptized as a believer, you should get baptized. Uh, Christ asked us to, uh, as part of our commission, uh, to be baptized because we're taking steps in discipling. We come to know Christ, we get baptized, maybe we uh, join the church or get involved in uh, making friends that can help us learn what it means to walk as a Christian. You know, uh, some, some of our best friends are in the church, right, that help us to learn how to be married and how to parent and, uh, my goodness, even how to deal with the loss of a parent. You know, many of you have been there and been talking. I mean, it's so helpful. We're being discipled, right? 
Being, we're kind of learning together as we go along through, through our life. We, we learn to serve together. You know, I'm pretty sure you've never gone to a church that asks you, give you opportunity to serve week after week. I mean, we're just like completely redundant about the whole thing, aren't we? But that's the way, that's what we're supposed to do, right? What are we doing? We're discipling. You know why we have kids on? We have kids on and we have a children's pastor because we are discipling children. We believe children ought to know Christ and the gospel have an opportunity to accept Christ even at a young age and then be able to learn what it means. Uh, do you know that all the stuff that we do in church, they do back there? They run sound. Uh, they have a projector. And uh, they don't have adults running all that. All the kids run all the stuff. They do all the service. See, it's about discipling, right? That's, that's what he has called us uh, to be a part of, to be a part of this co-mission that he has given with us. So we will obey this commission. God, the Great Commission that is not just something that calls us to comfort to our own comfort, but it's a costly command directing every Christian to go, to baptize, to make disciples of all nations. We are called to be disciples uh, everywhere we go. The imperative in the Great Commission, verse 19, is make disciples. So we, we share the word. Uh, we, we think about what God has done in our life so that we have an answer for the hope that we have, the Bible tells us. So, you know, you don't just say, well, I'm just making it. I'm kind of just hanging in. Nope, I'm in where I am because of the grace of God. I am where I am because of what God has done in my life. He completely flipped me upside down, and I'm not living the same way the world was. I have to deal with the same struggles, the same difficulties that everybody else deals with, but I deal with it differently because of the power of Christ that flows in and through me. Praise his name. That's what he's talking about is that we are, we are obeying this, uh, this command teaching the word, lifting up the word, uh, proclaiming it. We go out and we make disciples and we multiply churches. Why are, we, why are we going to Southside? Because we have a commission. We're called to go to see the resources that God has given us and how we can be able to serve in the, as believers. We know that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died on the cross, that he rose from the grave. The Spirit of God has opened up our hearts to see and understand and to believe. He saved us to know God and to enjoy him. And the very soon after we know him, to go and tell others around us. While we're here, God has given us a spirit of purpose, of commissioning. We believe in the authority of Christ. We will obey the command of Christ. Number three. We will depend on the presence of Christ. Depend on the presence of Christ. So after you see these other two, the authority, the obedience to the command, we know that we are able to accomplish this commission because of the comfort and encouragement that he has brought to us. You remember back at the beginning of Matthew, uh, in the Christmas story, the Bible says, See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Jesus says, I will be with you. I will be with you always, even unto the end of the age. So be encouraged. 
Be uplifted. Be confident. Christ has given you a mission not based on what you are able to do, but on what he is able to do. Not based on who you are, but on who he is. This mission is based on who Jesus is and what he is able to do in and through us. Christ is able to do more than we could ask or even imagine according to the power that works within us. How we need to to, to put aside our own small thinking and think about what God wants us to do, how he wants to lead us. So together, we are called into this co-mission. Together, to experience the power of his presence with us. Together, to be able to sense the impact that God wants us to have in the world around us. So that's our calling. That's our challenge. That's our uh, calling to go and be uh, commissioned by God. So here's our plan for the, the remainder of this service. We're getting ready to uh, share in communion. Um, We're going to hold our communion and express uh, our commission, what it is that God has called us to, and to pray for God to regularly get us out of this building and be ready to respond to what he has called us to do. He recognizes uh, that there's no other plan, there's no other way. Who's going to be saved? Because of your life. Who's going to be saved because of your witness? You know, it's it's up to all of us. I'm regularly convinced that the only only voice that some people might hear might be mine. Uh, When I'm, uh, yesterday, Annette's family was here. And uh, I've been involved in two different funerals in their life. And it reminded me when I was standing there that I probably wouldn't be with that crowd in the same way again, uh, I, obviously with her every week, but not with the rest of her family. And so I asked them uh, very strongly and confidently about their faith in Christ because uh, that's one of her prayers, isn't it, that all of her family would come, to, would come to know Christ. I stood in front of many people that I'm, that I'm related to uh, this past week, and uh, I was just as clear as I could be with the gospel because I can't bear it. You know, who they're going to hear it from? Some of them are... Some of them are people of faith. Um, there's a whole bunch of them that are kind of maybe just slightly in the door. You okay with that? That's not a judgment. That's just uh, Sometimes they're just still trying to figure it all out. But it's my desire to be a witness there. What about you? Who's going to heaven because of you? Who's being impacted because of you? Who's being touched? You know, you're receiving, even today. I mean, man, this is a great service. God's here, and the music is great, and we love the Lord and love being in here. But what are we going to do about it after we leave this place? That's commission. So I have some people that are going to help me. I'm going to help uh, distribute the, get this ready and distributed. So I hope that you will just uh, hold your, those elements, and then we'll uh, take, take it all together. Let's pray as they're coming. Bless these elements. Heavenly Father, thank you for this service and for these moments. Lord, we are trusting that you would help us to fulfill this great commission. This morning, Lord, I pray that you would help it not to be just something we heard about that was in the Bible, but that personally we could receive your commission, who you have called us to be individually 
and as a church. Through these elements today, we affirm your call to us. We pray for the bread, that you would use it today to remind us of the sacrifice of what you have given for us. We pray that you would receive our gratitude as we drink from the cup and as we remember the price that you paid for all of us. May your blessing and your help be upon us right now, Lord. Touch these elements and use these moments in Jesus' name. Amen. While they're serving us, I was thinking of um, old songs that sort of remind us of the commission. We used to sing these a lot. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. That's a commission song, isn't it? Sing it again. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. If you've been around the church a long time, you might know this one. Uh, I sing it often. It reminds me. Uh, not only the early part of it, but the very last line about the commission that he's given to us. The song says, uh, He is my everything. He is my all. He is my everything, both great and small. He gave his life for me, made everything new. He is my everything. Now, how about you? Says it so perfectly, doesn't it? I've given my everything to him. I know who he is, and now I'm asking those around me. What about you? Sing that again. He is my everything. He is my all. Yes, fine, come here. He is my everything. 
everything, both great and small. He gave his life for me, made everything new. He is my All right, let's stand together. All right, to do this commission, you're going to have to figure out how to hold the bread and the cup in the same hand, all right? Because you're going to get ready to raise your right hand. So does that make any sense? Some of you might need a little time with that, so I'll give you a second there. Um, because we are going to, uh, we're going to receive our commission. He has uh, told us uh, what this is about. Now, I'm thinking about those... Uh, those military guys, I've never done that, so I don't know how, how that feels, but I know they raise their right hand, and then they begin to express these commitments that they make, and that's what we're going to do today. Now, it'll be on the screen for you there, and so you're going to, uh, I'm just going to have you repeat after me, so you'll be able to see what you're going to be saying, but we're going to express to God our acceptance of this commission that he has given to us. Does this make sense? I don't think I've ever done this before other than this first service when I did it. <laughs> but uh, this, is a, this is a significant expression of what we believe about who God asked us to be. Uh, so if you would uh, hold your communion and then repeat after me. Would you raise your right hand? I believe that Jesus Christ. All right, you got to get your throat on and all that, you know. Because this is like head stuff right out of your head, right out of your heart. This is not insignificant. This is not just something pastor came up with. This is our desire to receive the commission that he's given to us. All right, we'll start over. Ready? I believe that Jesus Christ, I believe that Jesus Christ died, for me on the cross. died for me on the cross. I believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and lives today. I am forgiven and have given my life to Jesus. That's awesome. <laughs> Praise God. Jesus has all authority, Jesus has all authority. in heaven and on earth. Now, Jesus calls, me Jesus calls me and all believers, and all believers to, go and to go and make disciples. I accept my great commission. I my great commission. With, Christ, I will go. With Christ, I will go. I will spread the gospel, spread the gospel. Of, Jesus Christ. of Jesus Christ. I will make disciples what he called you to. It's what he's going to hold you accountable to. He wants you to know you go and make a difference. Now our confirmation is around the table. We have bread and we have juice. We recognize this little piece of bread representing 
his broken body. We eat this in remembrance that Jesus Christ gave his life for us. Let's eat together. This cup represents the blood of Jesus. We drink this. You know, this little bit of juice gets in your bloodstream and goes all over your body. That's how we think about our relationship with Christ. He has taken up residence in us. He has given his life for us. He has offered forgiveness. And now he's living in us to empower us to go out and make a difference in the world, spreading the gospel of Christ. So today, we drink this juice in remembrance that Jesus Christ shed his blood and has desired to indwell all of us as believers in Christ. Let's drink together in his name. Lord Jesus, today we stand in this place commissioned. You have told us what you have called us to do and to be. So today, as we walk from this place, and every day that we live, you want us as believers to be alert to the other people that need to hear the gospel. We pray for the people that we live with. We pray that every one of them would come to know Christ and that our commission would encourage us to love them and to live out a Christ-like life in our home so that all those that live there with us could see Christ in us and receive Christ as Savior. We pray for the people that we're around, in our extended family, in our neighborhood, in the places that we work, in the activities that we find ourselves in, the people that are a part of our life. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to live our lives with such faithfulness and such clarity that people, when they see us, they would long to know Christ and that we would be an example for them. That, Lord, we would, we would learn how to, how to express our faith and our testimony to others around us so that when other people want to know what makes a difference in our life, how we have chosen to live our lives, that, Lord, we would be able to share the testimony of the good word of what you have done in our hearts and in our lives and how you have transformed, completely changed, turned our world completely upside down by your grace and mercy upon us. Thanks for saving us. Thanks for sanctifying us. Thanks for calling us. Thanks for commissioning us. But we pray, Lord, that as we come in and out of this building, that we would be filled and equipped so that we could go and make a difference in the world. Today, we receive our commission. We accept it and embrace it. We lift our hands. We lift our voices. We dedicate our lives to honoring you and to leading other men and women to know Christ. All authority has been given you, and now you're empowering us. Now we go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them all that we have learned through Christ. In Jesus' name, we affirm it together. Everybody said, Amen. Amen.